You've probably heard me talk about my dog, Jackson. He's my baby boy. And as he's gotten older, he's gotten really finicky about eating. He used to get so excited about food, he'd literally spin. Well, not anymore. In fact, I often have to spoon feed him to get him to eat. Well, no more. Not since we started feeding him fresh food made with whole ingredients, backed by veterinary science. It's Nom Nom. Now, I actually tried making food for him myself. I'd cook up big batches of chicken or beef with vegetables and rice or potatoes. But without knowing what I was doing, he wasn't getting the vitamins and minerals he needed and certainly not in the correct balance. That's all changed now with Nom Nom. Go to trynom.com, T-R-Y-N-O-M.com slash Nicole. They'll ask you some questions about your pup and tailor a specific amount of individually packaged Nom Nom meals and send them to you. By using my special URL, trynom.com slash Nicole, you'll get 50% off of your first order, plus free shipping, and it's a great way to help support this show too. Again, that's trynom.com slash Nicole. plus Nom Nom comes with a money-back guarantee. If your dog's tail isn't wagging within 30 days, Nom Nom will refund your first order. No fillers, no nonsense, just Nom Nom. The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Boot computer, list of today's guests, signing in chat room, lining up news articles, checking levels, adjusting cameras, secure wire connection, restart computer, checking video feed. With all she's got to do, you'd think Nicole Sandler was a one-woman band. Well, she is, and she's ready for another show. And now, here's the Nicole Sandler Show on NicoleSandler.com. Oh, boy, am I tired. (laughs) Uh, I just got home. So uh, we do have a show today, and I am here live. But um, here's my daughter needs a car. Um, She had an accident about six weeks ago, totaled her car, and has been looking for a car to get into. Here's the problem. Have you priced out used cars lately? They're as expensive as new cars. Um, So she's been looking for well over a month, and we finally found the car. But what a racket car sales is. We're going to get into stuff, into uh, stuff. But I I just, I got to vent. I've got to vent. So we found a car at a nice dealership, not too far from where we live. And um, the, uh, so she found, it's a Prius. Now, I used to have a Prius. She totaled it a few years ago. And then I no longer had a Prius. But this one, it's actually an older car. It's a 2013, not ideal. And it has more miles on it than we would like, not ideal. But the the advertised price on the car was $12,000. Doable. That's before, you know, you know, tax title and registration, all that shit adds up. And that adds up to a couple of thousand dollars. The difference between the $12,000 and the out the door price was over five grand. What a racket. And it, and it doesn't qualify as misleading or fake advertising. This is what they do. So, um, yeah, we're kind of, and now, and, and trucker John says, I hope she has good insurance. Well, she did, but getting insurance to transfer over here, apparently because 
she had another big claim, uh, not so easy. So she's still at the dealership. It was after four o'clock already. I'm on the air at five. I still hadn't set up the broadcast. I mean, I have the show, I have our guests scheduled and I had some stuff done, but I had to bolt home to get it. She's still there. Um, And the insurance that she had, apparently they won't transfer over because there's still an open claim or something. I, I don't know. And so I told her, look, I'm, I'm out of pocket until six. Once six o'clock comes, then I can jump back in again. But oh my God, this is not, not fun. And what a, what a sleazy business car sales is. And she looked, you know, she's been looking. She had her heart set on a little Miata convertible. And, and thankfully, we found this Prius, which is sensible, uh, in fact, I even checked with Howie because I was nervous about the, the age of the car. And Howie Klein has a 2009 Prius that he's had since it was new, and he still drives it. He still loves it. Um, never had to change the battery or had any problems. So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And Kinky says all dealer lots are full here. The lots are full because the prices are so high. And then it was getting the bank to sync up with the the car on financing. I was, we were there for hours. I'll tell you, it is so frustrating. And, and Kinky's saying, plenty of stories of used and new car prices crashing now. Well, that's going to happen. It's going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet. And she can't wait. She's now been in a rental car for two months. So... Uh, again, we are just, uh, she's still at the dealership. And I have a feeling that when this show ends at six o'clock, uh, she's still going to be there dealing with this. And I'm just, I, I'm beside myself. I feel terrible. But you know what? It's a learning opportunity for her, I guess. Um, no, Miatas are not sensible. And she finally got that out of her system. The Prius is sensible. And well, um, Oh, so here we are. Uh, I'm sure part of the issue has to do with the fact that we are in the state of Florida. And that's where we're focusing today. So it, it's funny how, um, you know, it all comes down to Florida, Florida, Florida. My pal, our pal, Boca Brittany Summers, did a little ode to Florida a few years ago. Here's the song. You might want to salute. Boy, Florida, the dead beats paradise. Only good for a quick visit or to die. Rotting men. Grow swamps, inhale all you want, and pass out from just one whiff. Old and cranky Jews, angry Cubans who welcome you with the shaking feast. Sing it! So hot you stink and smell I'm off to the 
great white north to laugh as I watch you die. To Canada where the air is cool and the soda is dry. That, that should be the Florida state song. And I, I thought that some 15 years ago, they changed the state song to this horrible, they had a contest and everything. And, and the winner was some horrible song where the sawgrass meets the sky. But I went looking for it yesterday, thinking I would play it today. And it is not. Swanee River, that old racist song, is still the state song of Florida. Somehow, it all makes sense when you think in terms of Florida. So, ah, here we are. Um, uh, Again, I'm a little bit, um, uh, what's the word, Uh, uh, kind of um, off kilter because, uh, again, I literally walked in the door 30 minutes ago. (laughs) And so um, I'm I'm out of sorts. I I did pull some stuff to share with you. Uh, just some insanity. Now, I think I, I, my memory is not what it used to be. And I think I might have played this yesterday. I believe I did. Yesterday, the, um, uh, I played for you the clip from Davos, from the World Economic Forum at Davos, where uh, Kirsten, Miss Anima, and her buddy, Joe Manchin, are seated, to get seated next to each other on the stage. And she, I did play this yesterday. And they high-fived each other over the fact that they still won't do anything about the filibuster. Um, that's the kind of weirdness we're operating under. But, um, you know, forget about Miss Enema for a moment, if you can. Forget about Joe Manchin for a moment. Today we are going to focus on the state of Florida. So I told you yesterday that I, um, I was on a, a call on Sunday, a Zoom call, with members, progressive activists here in Florida. Because, you know, in case you didn't know, the Florida Democratic Party is basically non-existent. Now, Debbie Wasserman Schultz went on some TV show or had an interview the other day where she said, oh, Florida's not a red state. No, we're still competitive. We'll be competitive in 2024. You know what I have to say to that, don't you? Bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. Because the Florida Democratic Party is so inept, so invisible, so useless that they, uh, during this last couple of years, the Democrats lost the the registered voter advantage in the state of Florida to the Republicans, they came out roaring with new registrations while the Democratic Party barely registered anybody. In fact, I think they lost some uh, registrants. Obviously, in the elections, we got trounced. Uh, The Democrats were slaughtered by the Republicans. Now, here's the interesting thing. Ron DeSantis didn't get many more votes than he got four years ago. But the votes for the Democrats plummeted. That's why DeSantis beat Charlie Crist by like 30, 35 points. Not because he got, not because DeSantis got more votes. Well, he got more votes than Charlie Crist, but not from four years ago. It was because people didn't come out to vote for the Republican light. Now, a bit of a history lesson. When I moved to Florida, moved back to Florida the last time, 
uh, Charlie Crist, was the Republican attorney general of the state. And then he ran for governor. He was a Republican and he was a he won and was a one term Republican governor. And he left to run. I don't know what he ran for. One of the problems with Charlie Crist is he's an opportunist. He was always he'd get elected and he's always looking for the next job. So he ran for Senate. I think he, he wanted to be Obama's running mate. I don't know what it was, but he's always been looking to the next thing. So he ran for Senate. He lost and we lost the governorship. And that's when it went to Rick Scott. And then now this moron DeSantis, Charlie Crist somehow got back into the swing. He got into Congress from the St. Petersburg area where he lives. Now, he left that seat. Of course, he gave it up to run for governor again when he lost. That seat now went to a Republican man. Um, But he was thinking that the people of Florida would come out to vote for a guy who was a Republican, then became an independent because he was losing to Marco Rubio in this race for the Senate, went independent, lost, and then registered as a Democrat. Um, And so that's how it went. I think it's safe to say that if people wanted a Republican, they'd vote for a Republican. This has been my argument for years about progressives. When Democrats play the game, you know, uh, putting forth austerity or, or other Republican kind of policies and, and act like, you know, oh, we're going to move to the middle. We're going to be Republican light. People don't want that. If you want them to come out and vote for you, give them something to vote for. And instead, you know, Charlie Crist, I had him on the show, nice enough man, and he tried to bend over backwards. Look, I, I challenged him on a number of different things, including his preoccupation with God. God bless you. We're God-fearing people. No, we're not. We are not. And therein lies the problem. And again, the divide is getting bigger and bigger. And he got it. it Charlie Crist, to his credit when I said, you know, this is like the third time you've mentioned God or God bless you or whatever. We don't all go there. Some of us are non-believers. And he said, you're right. And at the end, he started to say, God bless you. And he said, universe bless you. So at least he was trying, but that's not enough. You wanted to get activist Democrats, progressives out to vote for you. You need to give them somebody to vote for. And we didn't. And part of the problem was the Florida Democratic Party did not did not meet the needs of the Democrats in the state who are trending more and more progressive. Now, young people, here's a reason why uh, registrations are down, because they don't want to register as Democrats. They're registering no party affiliation. NPA, it's called here. And um, so, but they're still gettable as voters if we give them something to vote for and the Democratic Party hasn't. So you may recall a couple of years ago after uh, the 2020 elections and and Florida was in a state of flux, a group of um, uh, progressives, they grew out of the Bernie campaign. They called themselves Not me, us, because that was Bernie's slogan. And in every state around the country, 
kept the momentum going. And look, I came, I entered as sort of an outsider because I'm not involved in the political party machinery. But when I heard there was a concerted effort to organize the progressives in Florida to infiltrate the party, as it were, and take an active role in setting the, the, the fate of the Florida Democratic Party, I said, I can do that. I'll do that. And so I ran to be a precinct committee person. And I won. I, I probably probably was unopposed because people aren't banging down the doors to become a precinct committee person, especially here in Florida. So I got in. And of course, this was the height of COVID. So all the meetings were done over Zoom. But I got really dismayed because we'd have these Zoom meetings and the, you know, the members on high who'd been there forever too long uh, is the... Um, actual meaning of forever, um, who, you know, were the old school people who weren't meeting the needs of the potential voters. Um, It became very quickly apparent that we progressives, they didn't want to hear from us. They are what I call conservadems, you know, the Debbie Wasserman Schultz type. She still says Florida's competitive. (laughs) Bullshit. Um, She says In fact, the last time I interviewed her, and I have many times over the years, last time I interviewed her had to have been close to 10 years ago on the Randy Rhodes show when I was guest hosting one day. And Debbie Wasserman Schultz said to me, I'm a progressive. (laughs) And, you know, I bit my tongue because she is not. She's a progressive the way Hakeem Jeffries is a progressive. Actually, he seems to be a hell of a lot more progressive than she is. But anyway, she is the problem. She is this the, the, the indicative of what's wrong with the Florida Democratic Party. So, there was a election for a new chair for the Florida Democratic Party. And who did they elect? The worst of all of the declared candidates, a guy named Manny Diaz, who was mayor of Miami some years ago. And it's just not the right guy. Um, And besides the fact that Manny Diaz is a common name down here and there are Republicans in office with the name of Manny Diaz. It was confusing. But he also said he was progressive. He is not. In fact... So so I was telling you the when the when the Broward County Democratic Party would meet and I'd be on these Zoom calls progressives they didn't want to hear from us we'd put forth uh you know motions or th- they didn't want to hear from us on the Zoom call these are supposed to be meetings but we were all muted we were there to listen to the presentation they gave us they didn't want our input And when uh, the progressives did speak out about certain things, and you'll hear about that a little later in the hour, Manny Diaz responded by taking out, writing an op-ed for the Miami Herald, not slamming the Republicans in this state, who, again, if you look at the Miami-Dade Republican Party, it's run by the Proud Boys. They've been overrun by insurrectionists. And election deniers, and I'll say it, domestic terrorists. He didn't vilify them. You know who he wrote an op-ed vilifying? The, prog- the Democratic Progressive Caucus of Florida. 
He went after the progressives because the progressives criticized his way of doing things. We're going to talk a little bit later in the hour with Carolina Ampudia. She, I believe she still is the president of the Democratic Progressive Caucus of Florida. She's the one who put together this call that I was on on Sunday night. And boy, she's been trying to hold it together and doing great work. Um, there are a number of really good, dedicated progressives here trying to, um, uh, you know, move things in a more a progressive direction. But the party itself is problematic. So Manny Diaz after the election, after the 2022 midterms, where Florida was decimated. Florida, it was like the Democrats did not exist because really under Manny Diaz, they didn't. They didn't do outreach. They didn't do get out the vote. They didn't do voter registration. They didn't inspire anybody to vote Democratic. And originally, Manny Diaz said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm here. And then suddenly last week, he resigned. Now, I don't know what prompted that, but Carolina probably will, and we'll find out from her. Um, So we are at a crossroads here in Florida. And so this meeting that she convened with a few others on Zoom on Sunday night was what is the role, what should be the role for progressives going forward in this new Florida Democratic Party? And I thought this would be a good time to talk to her about this. And it happens to be just as... Ron DeSantis, coming off an election win, um, who wants to be president, is doubling down on the insanity. So there's so much. I mean, I could go on and on and on about all the ridiculous, stupid, stupidly ridiculous things that he is doing. The latest being he had a, a, a thing yesterday where, um, you know, <laughs> Ron DeSantis was one of the first during COVID to open up the state. You heard Rebecca Jones, who was here on Friday, talking about he they wanted her to fudge the information on her dashboard because she was tracking COVID infections in the state. They wanted her to fudge it to back up their assertion that it was time to reopen the state. And she said the evidence did not suggest that. But that's what they told her to do, and she refused to do it. Well, now... So he put in during the time when he opened up the state again, um, temporary prohibitions against mask mandates in school and vaccine requirements in government and and uh, in government offices in the workplace. So his executive order with those prohibitions on those mandates is going to expire in a few months. So yesterday he made a whole speech at an event. He's like, I am telling the legislature we need to make these these prohibitions against mask mandates and vaccine mandates permanent. And so he held a campaign-style rally up in Pensacola, that's the Alabama minor uh, in the Florida panhandle, to push this. And he brings up some of his you know, key medical advisors. Of course, there's Dr. Joseph Latipo, who we call Lapdog. He is the he is the moron who uh, DeSantis tapped to be his Surgeon General, and and Latipo comes with an interesting background. Uh, when DeSantis picked him, uh, he he claimed 
that he had worked at UCLA at the beginning of the pandemic on mitigating the the effects. Funny, though, nobody at UCLA remembered working with him. The University of Florida, they said, wait, this guy's nuts. Uh, Turns out he's an anti-vaxxer. He is telling people that um, not to get vaccinated. In fact, he said something the other day about, oh, it's actually, it was actually DeSantis. Here, this, <laughs> I, I'm going to play you a few clips here because this was DeSantis yesterday. So he had this event up in the panhandle. This, this clip was from that very event. And you'll notice, I'm going to put the, the uh, video up on the screen. You'll see notice behind him, the, um, uh, the state seal of the state of Florida. Here's what Governor Death Sentence said yesterday. Come on. Whoops. Now we'll Joe here we go. can talk a little bit more about it. Like almost every study now has said with these new boosters, you're more likely to get infected with the bivalent booster. Not true. That's bullshit. So what possible reason could you force that? And we're one of only a few countries in the entire world that imposes that I don't even think China imposes that yeah, yeah, anymore. Yeah. Okay. Uh, because you don't know shit. So that's DeSantis. Now, one of the um, one of the medical advisors he had with him is this guy you see on your screen right now. His name is Tim Boyette. He is a radiologist. So he reads x-rays. Now, Dr. Boyette, if I need somebody to read my x-rays, I still probably wouldn't call you. But listen to what he said. Now, you'll see he's standing in the same place in front of the state seal, the state of Florida, standing behind a podium that says something ridiculous, very Orwellian, like Florida freedom. And listen to the shit this idiot's spewing. We are the impact state. Second Timothy 1-7 states. For God what? Has He's not quoting the Bible. Spirit of fear. Yeah. But of power and of love and of sound mind. What? What? Prescribed freedom, that's what it says. Oh, my God. Mandates and policies based upon federal health officials' recommendations over the past few years have left many feeling powerless, angry, and confused. What? So, however, these challenging, seemingly upside-down years have brought many of us, including myself, closer in our faith with our Heavenly Father. (laughs) I want to encourage you, in recognition of that, encourage you to reach out and call out to Jesus. What? Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first, reach out to Jesus. And before you get vaccinated, seek first the kingdom of God? I really want to hear from anybody who doesn't consider Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior who lives in Florida, who supports this fascist piece of shit as governor. Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, do that instead of getting vaccinated? And this guy puts himself out there as if he's a doctor? What kind of doctor says shit like that? I, 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 it just, I, I just can't anymore. <laughs> who says stuff like that i i'm i you know I, last night allison my daughter was over here and we were we were doing some artsy stuff in the living room and david was in his office and all of a sudden i hear oh my god nicole you need to come in you need to see this 
and he played me this video from this Tim Boyette guy. And if I didn't see him standing behind the same lectern that governor death sentence was behind in front of the same steel of Florida that the governor stood in front of, or the thing pretending to be governor, um, (laughs) I I would have thought this was a mock-up that somebody just, you know, posted on YouTube. But no, this is real. This idiot was up there representing the governor of the state of Florida. And he said this. Mandates and policies based upon federal health officials' recommendations over the past few years have left many feeling powerless, angry, and confused. So, however, these challenging, seemingly upside-down years have brought many of us, including myself, closer in our faith with our Heavenly Father. And oh, I my God. You, I wanna, in recognition of that, encourage you to reach out and call out to Jesus and seek first <laughs> the kingdom of God. I'm sorry. I, I just am astounded, astounded that I haven't seen this blasted all over the national media. Where is everybody? The people who are saying, oh, DeSantis, he's like a, you know, he's a more tolerable version uh, of Trump. No. Oh, and this was from today. Um, This is DeSantis today. Apparently, he was at another event announcing funding um, for the hurricane hit beaches. If I remember correctly, Governor Death Sentence didn't want to give anybody else um, hurricane relief. But okay. So, but apparently, so this, I, I, I I was just shown this clip i honestly haven't heard the whole thing so let's listen together shall we take it away governor moron death sentence and it makes a difference yeah when you have inflation the way it is there's certain things that you may decide okay you know this is going i mean some of the grocery is unbelievable how much some of this stuff's going up so you see some things maybe go up, maybe you make a different choice. But, you know, you really don't have a choice about whether you go to work or not. I mean, you got to go. So you have a lot of people that are racking up big tolls, and those bills are going to be cut in half. That's going to save commuters hundreds of dollars, but some it'll save thousands of dollars because some of them are paying three, $400 a month in tolls for doing around and doing their job. So 300000 And, again, we wouldn't have been able to do that if we didn't have really strong fiscal reserves, uh, very good uh, out- economies continued. Yeah, yeah. Get the to the nation. glass, We're the gas stove more, part. Uh, Come tax on. Relief Come in on. The upcoming legislative session. Of course you I've are. Mentioned some of this stuff in the fall about how we're going to make basically raising kids tax-free, <laughs> no tax on diapers, wipes, uh-huh. children's clothes, uh, strollers, cribs, none of that stuff. Gonna none be too of late for me and my and my wife and our kids. They're getting you know five, four, and and two now. But for for younger families, be able to do it. It's going to be really, really important because again, those are things you just have to buy. You got to buy the diapers. Yeah. You got to buy these things. Yeah. So that's going to save families uh, a lot of money. You yeah. know, we may even say no tax on gas stoves oh! coming up this year. Oh! We'll do that. That's fine with me. <laughs> no tax. I want you to oh, be able a- to have a choice. Oh, my God. No tax on gas stoves this year because they want you to be able to have a choice. Oh, the hypocrisy is just sickening, just absolutely 
sickening. All right, I keep looking over here because I'm, I'm looking for our guest, Carolina Ampudia, should be here uh, pretty soon, and I don't see her yet, and um, uh, hopefully she'll be along momentarily. Uh, hold on. Uh, let me just see you come in. And it makes Oops. a difference. Oh, I hit the wrong button. I hit the wrong button. Um, uh, just gonna just gonna send her a little note to 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 see where she is. You coming in? And in the meantime, normally at this time, I would be mixing up a smoothie for you. Well, for me, but to show you. Um, but I was running so late today that I I didn't have a chance to get it all together. But I am loving my little. Um, um, uh, blend jet two. It's the second generation of the blend jet, which is a portable blender that you can take with you. You can load it up uh, with everything you want to blend to make your smoothie and bring it with you to work, to the gym, to anywhere else. Um, it's not bulky. It fits in any, it fits in the cup holder in your car and you can take it to uh, the gym. And it, you know, it's not a shaker bottle. It's an actual blender, a powerful blender that blends uh, ice cubes and whatever else you put in it. Uh, again, you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym. Uh, what else? A margarita at the beach. It fits in the cup holder in your car, but it is powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice or frozen fruit. If you put frozen fruit in there, you don't need the ice and it's nice and chilled. Um, and it's quiet. So if you're in the kitchen making a breakfast smoothie, you're not going to wake up the whole house as if I was going to put the big Vitamix blender we have on. I don't use that because it's so loud and noisy and bulky. And it cleans itself too. When you're done, you just put water in, a couple of drops of dishwashing liquid, and you run it and it cleans it. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, no other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blend Jet 2. They guarantee you'll love it or you get your money back. Go to blendjet.com and enter the promo code... Ah, hold on, Robert. And enter the promo code. <laughs> enter the promo code uh, sent by Nicole 12, and you'll get 12% off of your order and free two day shipping. Again, it's blendjet.com. Sent by Nicole 12 is the promo code. You'll get free two day shipping and 12% um, off your order. Okay, and enjoy because I'm loving mine. All right, um, uh, Robert in Naples. Hey. Yes, I'm here to help you filibuster. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I don't know where Carolina is. Um, she she was su it. supposed to jump in at, at uh, 530, and I don't see her yet. But anyway, you're here. Uh, what do you think well, of our governor? she shows up, no, I can't stand a guy. The second she shows up, obviously, take, take me off and go sure. put her on. But um, let me just say this. That was the first time I heard it. I, I did scroll past some guys with the... On Twitter today, and it looked like the the seal for the governor, but I didn't look at it. Yes, it's the play button. But uh, my God, what the fuck? I mean, you know, I don't want to live in, you know, just I don't, I don't want to live in any, you know, religious state. Period. You know, I look. Oh, I'm a, I'm a proud agnostic, right? Uh -huh. I mean, I was born and raised Catholic. You know, I have friends who are. Are Muslims, who are Jews, who are Catholic, who are, are Baptists and stuff, and I, you know, and we all get along because they know I don't, you know, they don't bring it, they don't talk to me about it, you know, and that's fine, because then when I tell them what I think, they, 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 you know, they don't want to hear that either, so we, so we don't, we don't have that conversation. But why the fuck is this guy telling the on a state forum that he, you know, that go pray to your heavenly Father? What the hell is that? You know what, Santa Claus? That's Santa Claus to me. You know, I'm afraid of him. You know, who am I praying to? 
Well, anyways, I heard that, and that pissed me off, and I think that's what you were going to ask me about, right? Yep. Yep. That I, 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 I'm astounded. So he's speaking at an official Florida event in front of the state seal, and he's saying, don't get vaccinated before you do something like that. Pray to Jesus. What? Yeah, fuck him. What? <laughs> Yeah, okay, and furthermore, furthermore, um, you know, it's one thing to be agnostic, but let me tell you something else. Not every religion believes that Jesus Christ was the Lord and Savior or the Son of God or whatever other nonsense myth they put down. Um, it, you know, Jewish people, there is a, you know, Jews have historically been Democrats, at least where I come from. But there are some who are pro-Israel um, who have gone, you know, leaned Republican in recent years. I want to hear from one Jewish person who supports Ron DeSantis and his medical experts telling people to pray to Jesus Christ before taking a vaccine. Okay. I want to hear, this is my challenge. Are you in Florida and Jewish and support these people? I want to hear why. Yeah, you know the answer. The answer is uh, they, they support Israel. Israel could do no right well, or wrong, but, and but, that's why they're on their team. Although, right now, you know what's going on in Israel, don't you? Netanyahu is back in office, and with a even more yeah. right-wing, wing-nutty uh, coalition. These are hard-right, frightening people. Right. I, listen, I, I don't know. That's a whole—I don't want to—I don't, I don't call about that. Um Let's talk about uh, Usay and, um, you know, the, the which call it? what's his name? Um, Donald Trump's uh, wish he had George George Santos. Oh, let's fun. talk I mean, about looked, George Santos, shall we? Yeah, um, I, I mean, uh, Donald's got to be looking at that guy going, how could that kid not be mine? I mean, look how beautiful. He does it better <laughs> than I do. He does it better. I mean, he's looking at his kid, Don Jr., which I call Usay, and the other one, yes. the butthead, uh, Eric Cousay, and he, he's like, that guy produces over there. You guys aren't producing. Look, he's he's a congressman. You guys, you guys just scream on Twitter. I mean, come on. I mean, what the fuck? I mean, this is just crazy. I mean, this guy's nuts. And and he's taking. You know what? He is the face of that party. Yep. That's all it is. Yep. So apparently, and they don't care. <laughs> apparently, don't care. um, I I don't know if this was so um. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, I, you know what? I see Caroline. Okay. Uh, so, are, right. are right, you? Goodbye. I'll talk to you tomorrow. So, oh, okay. Thanks, Robert. Uh, but I do want to play this one clip. That is, this is um, Anderson Cooper was speaking with George Santos's former roommate. Let me pull this up here for you um, so you can see it because it is mind blowing. Hold on. I got to set up the shot here if I can. If I can. Uh, figure out how to get it here. Uh, give me one second. Again, I'm flying by the seat of my pants today. All right, so here's Anderson Cooper um, from last last night. This just speaks for itself. Hopefully it's not going to play a commercial. It probably will. The, the question is, yeah. who is this guy and how long has he been this way? Joining us now, a one-time friend and roommate of his, of his uh, Gregory Maury Park. Gregory, I really appreciate you being with us. So you knew him as Anthony DeVolder uh -oh. from 2013 to 2018. How long did you actually live together? We were only uh, roommates for a few months. And I also knew him as uh, Anthony Zabrowski. Oh, two other So names. you knew him. He, he, why did he say he had two names then? Well, he 
he used Zabrowski for his uh, Friends of Pets United, his, um, uh, his GoFundMe. And he would say, oh, well, you know, the, the Jews will give more if you're a Jew. Oh, my and God. So that's the name he used for <gasps> his GoFundMe's. And oh what was God. he having GoFundMe's for back then? Uh, his, he had a uh, pet charity, Friends of Pets United. Uh, it was supposedly to um, help out with, you know, sick animals and things like that. There's actually um, just an article released from um, uh, one of my reporters uh, who's been interviewing me a lot, uh, Jacqueline Sweet, about how he conned a, a homeless military vet out of $3,000 for his uh, service dog. Uh. Did, and yeah, he was. He did. did you? He was did he actually back. have a pet charity? Did I mean? Did he like? Did it, he have a pet? Not, he he did like dogs, yes. Um, but he never had any um, any activity as far as taking animals to the vet or um, buying food or anything. When I went to visit him, when this so-called charity was active, when and, they were getting donations. Okay, so it's, so that's one clip. There's another one that I don't have here that I heard about. I didn't see it when because I, I don't really watch CNN. But um, so apparently he's interviewing this guy. It might have been that guy, somebody who was Santos's roommate or whatever name he was using at the time. And they they have like B roll running in the background, you know, just odd. Um, um, uh, you know, video footage. And in the middle of it, they they show one picture and and. George Santos or whatever he's calling himself today or then was wearing the scarf and the guy, the guest screaming, Oh my God, they, that's my scarf. He stole my scarf. So not only is he a grifter, is he a liar? He's got a bunch of aliases. I don't know if you saw the footage from during the Votorama for, um, you know, Kevin McCarthy to be speaker during one of the roll calls, they had the camera focused right on this guy as they're calling his name in the role. They're saying Santos, Santos. And he's just looking to, he didn't even, didn't even register that they were calling his name. Now, if I'm anywhere and I hear Nicole, I'll look because I think someone's talking to me, even though they're not talking to me. This guy is a grifter. He is a con man. Um, but I guess that's what they like in the Republican Party. Um, anyway, anyway, um, our guest is here. Uh, I'll give I'll give her the brief version of the new Florida State song to bring her on. Carolina Ampudia. Are you still the president of the Democratic Progressive Caucus of Florida? No, I stepped down just recently. Ah, okay. Because on the website, they still have you as president. Are they between presidents or what's happening there? No, they they have the, the vice president took the took on the role. Okay. And, you know, I'm, I'm still organizing and still doing some other work related to, to politics and the progressives, but, but not necessarily with the caucus. Gotcha. But you are, I mean, I, I was telling the listeners about this Zoom call that you and some other progressives from uh, this area put together to see what the role of progressives will be in the new Florida Democratic Party. And I say the new Florida Democratic Party because, well, the current one 
pretty much doesn't exist. Um, we They were slaughtered during the last election. And I mentioned, I was telling the listeners a little bit about the, the, the chair who just resigned, thankfully, is a guy named Manny Diaz, who when I heard he was elected chair, all the, all the air went out of my balloon. Um, he was the wrong guy. Can you explain what was wrong with Manny Diaz and, and actually what was the problem with the Florida Democratic Party during this last election cycle? Of course. And thank you again for having me here. Oh, my pleasure. You know, what, what happened was that, that Manny Diaz came with a lot of promises of bringing money to a party that was really crumbling after a series of scandals that included a PPP loan, if you remember that one, yes, where the party applied for money and then had to return that, <laughs> you know, when it was public that they were asking for that. So the so money Diaz came to a party that had no money. It had employees that that were recently unionized, and he had uh, that that was his promise that he had a lot of contacts with a lot of money and and that he was going to bring all of the dollars and that we were going to have a long-standing operation on the ground and that that we're going we were going to to do lots of voter registration and that we were going to grow as a party and you know all the promises all the promises and, yep. <laughs> but but we should have known better and and many of us did right and on, on the progressive side because Manny Diaz came from a very weird background, right? So, so he was the mayor of Miami, re-elected a couple of times. One of those times he was an independent. The other time he was a Republican. Oh, oh, and now I see so why the confusion nice comes in. Right? As a head of a state party, a former adversary, right? Not only that, but when he was mayor of Miami, he he took credit and he actually was responsible in great part of the Miami model. The Miami model who with the the type of militarization of the police, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to breaking down protests and stuff like that. And this is the reason that that not only the Miami police force is militarized, but, but all of the forces throughout the state because they made it a model that was copied throughout the entire country. Mm -hmm. And so if we had a person that we should never had elected just after George Floyd was Manny Diaz. Right. But we did. We did. <laughs> And so the party did. And not only that, you know, he had some scandals also on some housing money for development for, 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 uh, you know, homes that were going to go to, to people with lower income. And, and those pieces of land, by the way, are still there and still empty in, in a Miami that continues to grow in housing crisis. And that's that's a re reminder, a constant reminder of the failures that happened with him. But you know, the the party seems to forget very quickly when there's these promises of money because a lot of the people in the party think that 
to win elections, you need a lot of money, which is right, true. right, true. But they they also uh, think that that winning elections is the only role of a political party, and I I think differently. You know, I I think that that we are here to serve, and by serving, we earn the trust of the people and we work with them to identify leaders in the own community so that we're not electing saviors but actually uplifting people from the community and giving them the tools so that they can better represent themselves right so you know carolina somebody in the chat Mm -hmm. room is asking who is the we who elected manny diaz and that is the elected florida members of the florida democratic party um who many of them have been there. They're status quo people. They they have their positions within the party and they don't want to give them up. There was a lot of, um, I guess, caucusing among in the different counties with the different factions. And uh, again, you were one of the leaders of the, the people down here in Broward County, the progressives who were trying to organize to at least have a say within the party structure. And um, and and so there, w- there was a good progressive in the race. She did not win. Manny Diaz comes out of left field or right field, I guess, and and wins. And then things start. I was on a couple of meetings uh, and I was very dismayed by the fact that we were not even allowed to give input. We were just muted. We, it was all Zoom because of COVID. And we were there as observers. I thought we were supposed to participate. And then... Mm-hmm. You, as, as, as president of the Progressive Caucus, had some criticisms of some things. And Manny Diaz, instead of working with you, took to the Miami Herald and wrote an op-ed, not criticizing the Republicans, but criticizing the Progressive Caucus of Florida. What yeah. the hell? What, what was that about? So right after I got elected, um, he had done some comments about the the embargo to Cuba. And it was very shocking to find that he didn't even know who his base is, right? So we, as, as a caucus, we have existed for 15 years, I believe, already. And we have always had on our platform that we do not support interventionism and embargoes as a form of interventionism. And, you know, by him not reading who is his base, he he considered it as a personal attack, I think. And he went and, and made it personal, attacking the caucus and calling us, you know, those crazy radicals and you know, <laughs> that kind of thing, you know, and, and it all came from him not doing his work and knowing who is in, in the base and who is the people that does the majority of the work on the ground, by the way, and who are the people that are really active in the party when it comes to doing the work. Right. And, you know, it, unfortunately, the, the progressives are usually like that. So we were called and, and shamed sometimes into doing a lot of the work. And then when we when we have candidates that we want to run, they don't get any of the support. Mm-hmm. And and then it becomes like this idea of that we only want you to fall in line and to do the work. 
but anything else you're out right right and you you reminded me of the day that that money got elected uh, when money got elected he tilted the scale for the dnc election and he he started saying oh but there's a lot of uh, elected that are going elected positions that are going into this area of the map and now we should we should elect so we're not going to take any more from here and we're going to to do that that is not on the bylaws so he was already breaking bylaws from the get-go right and now that that we're looking into names and who who is it that that could run to substitute him um we have been reviewing a lot of the bylaws and and i am actually not convinced that he had the the documents that he needed wow. to be able to run so wow so that wow. was already do, something do you think maybe that's why he resigned so suddenly because he was after the debacle of the last election he's saying i'm not going anywhere i'm staying as as chair and then the next day manny diaz resigns do you think that's why I think that it had also to do with with us being very pushy. <laughs> Thank <him>. you. <laughs> you know, I have to I have to admit that we were not very mellow about this. We knew that that we needed change, mm -hmm. right? And when whenever we lose in that magnitude, it's not us losing elections. Because that's that that is something that I really don't care about. You know, it's it's part of it. We are going to win some elections. We're going to lose some elections. But the fact that we didn't have fifty positions were left empty without any candidate for the legislation that we're now having a super minority in Tallahassee and that Republicans are passing anything because we're not a majority or even a contesting number on any of the committees in both the house and the senate it's criminal right? and that we don't have anyone in the in the supreme court and the, and that the, the the that the governors are republican all of that you know so we're living in a in a trifecta of of republicans and that for the people that that struggle with every needs whether they're republicans democrats or NPAs, but when they're struggling with housing crisis, with a healthcare cost, with all of these things that every every one of us is facing, and it feels like a disservice, yes. right? It feels yes. like we removed the capacity of speaking from a large chunk of people, and that their suffering should be pinned on us. And and you know, I take that really. Uh, heavily and and I blame Manidias for that and and now we're trying to to fix that and to bring at least some new voice and a new vision into the conversation even on on who a chair could be and how do we fit in this new idea of the party right so so now I guess the race is on for a new chair of the Florida Democratic Party. And I'm thrilled that you got a group of people together the other night to talk about how the progressives will uh, figure into the equation and that you all haven't given up hope because, you know, I have. I, I, I'm, I'm so dismayed at what's good. You heard the clip from that so-called doctor who was with uh, DeSantis at the thing yesterday saying, don't get vaccinated. Pray to Jesus. 
seriously, that's where we are? And the school thing, the new college of Sarasota, I mean, everything this man is doing is makes my stomach turn. So yeah. I'm glad you're still on the case. Do we have any hope that, you know, that that the progressives will have a say in the in the future of the Florida Democratic Party? You know, uh, there is one candidate that I'm very excited about. And fortunately, he's not very well known in the in the in the count in, in the state. I'm sorry, uh, but he is a re-elected commissioner up in Tallahassee, and somebody that has, without me knowing him, by the way, he has followed that same idea that I was just describing. With, you know providing services to the people, talking to the people, identifying the needs, talking about solutions for those needs, not using labels all the time, um, you know, uh, earning their trust, doing the work so that then you can you can represent people and continue doing the work mm-hmm. right, in a more effective way. All of those things are part of the ideas that, that he's been promoting and he was reelected to be uh, a commissioner, which is not a very common thing. As you know, we, we tend to switch a lot, right? So you're elected and then, and then especially if you are a Democrat, then you're going to face huge challenges so that, so that you lose the next election. And there was a lot of money actually on on his uh, opposition, but but he was able to to continue that. So I think that he has the experience. The ha- he has also the experience of not receiving a lot of aid from the party and 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 figuring out how how do I get the message out with with just smaller donations, nothing from corporations, stuff like that. So very true to to progressive values was he the was he the guy that was on the call sunday night yeah he he was very good i was impressed Mm -hmm. yeah he he's he's really good i want him to to be more known his name's jeremy madlow jeremy madlow so so if you know your listeners want to look him up he's he's excellent he endorsed bernie which is not a very usual thing to do as as a candidate for a commission Uh and but you know really really true to to the type of work that we should be doing and with the experience of already uh, having won two elections this this is you know a, a good fact that that can add to the party right especially with this type of leadership that we have seen you know what do you say uh, we're, we're running short on time so but uh, debbie wasserman schultz yesterday or the day before was quoted she said oh florida's not it's still a purple state florida's not a red state we 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 have a you know a a, a path to victory or whatever nonsense she said in in uh, 2024 do you agree with that no no uh, you know she cannot be more disconnected with reality unfortunately and and what what are we expecting from her to be honest right so she's she's going to say that because because she's been in power for so long has done so little to help anyone and including the 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 state party right and she's barely present on any of the events I, i've been very active in the in the past few years and and i have i have seen her I think that in one of the events from the FDP, you know, 
not not the most active not and and it it's shown right and and you know debbie wasserman is another level and <laughs> you and i could talk <laughs> another program maybe a, an entire week mm-hmm. i hear you <laughs> i hear you uh it, the bottom line is you know it's it's a very tough climate right now because the florida democratic party is not giving young people a reason to join the party. Um, some might say the National Democratic Party isn't doing much either, although Joe Biden's been better than I expected. This latest nonsense with the documents, this was just not necessary. This was ju- should not have happened. It's just a giant clusterfuck. It's the only way I can describe it. Um, I hope Democrats get their shit together because... Um, Look, we we came not in Florida, but nationally, Democrats did better than expected only because of how heinous the Republican Party is. They didn't get there because of what they were doing. I think they got there because people are saying no to fascism, Mm -hmm. Um, no to destroying what little democracy is left in this country. We need to give people a reason to come back to the Democratic Party because the Democrats are doing something to turn things around. And um, uh, we got a work cut out for us. And uh, and reproductive rights is a very important thing, but it's it cannot be the thing that we run on when people are struggling with housing, with the cost of living, with the cost of education, with that. With, there's so many other things that are actually impacting people's bodies and and you know the quality of living and the way that 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 we basically survive in this country and so so if we're not really brave enough so that we can talk about those issues then then we might as well go home right and that's that's something that i thought was the only semi good thing that that happened uh, with money is that there were a lot of polls that were run on open population, so open voters, mm-hmm. to, to talk about the importance of issues. And, you know, number one was healthcare. Nobody was campaigning on healthcare. No. Housing. Who was campaigning on housing? Nobody. Only the progressives. And by the way, the only two progressives that 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 won with huge margins and a lot of inspiration, lots of movement behind them, and and actually transforming the the areas where they lived were Maxwell Frost, mm-hmm. who's now in Congress, right, and Anna Scamani. Anna Ascami, tell me, tell us. Uh, we're running into overtime. I hope you don't mind. Uh, tell us about Anna Ascami because she's not from this part of the state, and I don't know her. I actually tried to get her on the show a while ago, and it just it fell apart. Didn't happen. But I keep hearing her name. Like she could be the future of the Florida Democratic Party. Where is she? What what is she? So she was elected again to so reelected to serve as a in the House of Representatives in, in Tallahassee. The state the state house. Yeah. Yes. And now was recently elected by her peers to be the 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 top voice, I forget the name of you know the, the uh, one like that, the speaker of the Florida yeah, House. The speaker. <laughs> cool. Of, on, on the side of the Democratic is, leader in the Florida House. Of course, we have a minority, so right. Not the which speaker. is like a fifteen percent of the votes. But so thank you, Mani, for for leaving that mess. By the way, 
We only needed a massive letter so that we could have had people on that on that election, on every one of the elections, because this was a redistricting year. And with with that, it came with a lot of additional things that we could have done mm-hmm. uh, that were more problems than anything. But the one thing that was good that was that we could get signatures for every candidate from anywhere in the state. So there was no That's... reason at all that the party could not have had sent out an email asking everyone to click sign digitally. And then we would have had candidates for every election without having to pay for the for the enrolling of those candidates. Right. Hey, um, uh, I, I'm so sorry, Carolina Ampudia. I, I need to run. I've been helping my daughter buy a car. She's still at the dealer and she just called me. So I need to, I, I'm double, no I, I, I'm, I'm multitasking. I was late, so no worries. I and thank you again for having me. Thank you so much. Um, uh, thank you for coming on and um, thank you for the work you're doing because it's so important. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, Carolina Ampudia, thank you. We'll talk again soon. Um, Okay, and Florida just needs help. All right, with that, we're done. I got to run. I'll leave you with the news. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, Have a great night and um, keep your fingers crossed that we're able to deal with this car thing. All right, see ya. Bye. Bye. Uh, and, and, And come on, come on. And now my, my news doesn't want to play. Uh, here we go. It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. Here we go again. The first deadline in the new House Republican caucus threat to blow up the U.S. and global economies by playing dangerous games with the debt ceiling comes on Thursday. That's when Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen warns the nation will hit the $31.4 trillion borrowing cap or debt ceiling and have to start resorting to extraordinary measures to keep from exceeding it. One caveat, those extraordinary measures could float us until as late as July, but they'll need that time to bring the crazy caucus around. Republicans are demanding huge spending cuts before agreeing to raising the debt ceiling. Democrats are saying basically they don't negotiate with terrorists. Without adjusting the limit, the government could face a catastrophic default on its debt. Meanwhile, the 118th Congress is taking shape as members are named to committees. Two Republicans who had been expelled from committees over extremist remarks have been given new assignments under Speaker Kevin McCarthy, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar. And it's kind of frightening. Both of them will get spots on the House Natural Resources Committee. But even more alarming is Greene, Gosar, Scott Perry and Lauren Boebert, all MAGA conspiracy theorists will be seated on the all-powerful House Oversight and Accountability Committee. Green, in a statement, said, quote, Joe Biden, be prepared. Wow. Green, in the past, has expressed support for QAnon. She claimed a Jewish cabal had sparked a deadly wildfire with a space laser. She suggested that some mass shootings were staged by supporters of gun control and that the September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks were orchestrated by the government. That person will now sit on the Homeland Security Committee too, the committee that was formed in the wake of 9-11. 
Gosar was relieved of his seats on committees after tweeting an anime video depicting him killing Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Some other disturbing appointments. Andy Biggs and Matt Gates will keep their seats on the Judiciary Committee, which will be chaired by Jim Jordan. Oh, my God. It's too much to think about. And then it's expected that the crazy caucus will turn to the revenge caucus. They're threatening to remove both Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell from their seats on the House Intelligence Committee and will kick Ilhan Omar off the Foreign Affairs Committee. Just incredible. Stay tuned. Here's some good news for a change. A new policy went into effect yesterday at the Department of Veterans Affairs. Listen up. It's important. And a big FD. Military veterans can now receive free emergency mental health care. The new policy provides inpatient care for, quote, veterans in suicidal crisis for up to 30 days and outpatient care for up to 90 days at no cost. The policy will also allow the VA to make referrals after a period of emergency suicide care, determine veterans' eligibility for other services and benefits from the VA, and refer veterans who received emergency care to other VA programs and benefits. Well, it's about time. So by now you've heard the allegations from a former Herschel Walker campaign worker who accused Matt Schlapp the head of the American Conservative Union, you know, CPAC, of groping him in the crotch last October. And his wife, fellow Republican operator Mercedes Schlapp, who came to his defense over the allegations, well, now there's been a lawsuit filed. Schlapp's attorney said the allegations were false and had caused the Schlapp family, quote, unbearable pain and stress. The accuser filed the lawsuit in a Virginia court anonymously, citing a fear of retribution and is seeking $9.4 million in damages. He's accusing Mercedes Schlapp of defamation for texting neighbors that he is, quote, troubled and had been fired from multiple jobs, including for lying on his resume, which he denies. So... COVID-19 has killed more than a million people in the U.S. since the start of the pandemic, and life expectancy has been cut by nearly two and a half years since 2020. Experts say the virus will likely remain the third leading cause of death in the U.S. in 2022 for the third year in a row, just behind heart disease and cancer. CDC officials have said they're actively working to better develop and deploy rapid response measures to combat the spread of outbreaks. But here in Florida, the fascist governor, presidential wannabe, you know, the guy responsible for the deaths of more than 84,000 Floridians, continued his attack on efforts to combat COVID-19. Now he's calling on Florida's legislature to make his temporary prohibitions on mask mandates and vaccine requirements permanent. So DeSantis had a campaign rally-like event in Panama City on Tuesday where they handed out signs for people to wave, proclaiming science, not censorship. What? DeSantis saying, being the free state of Florida did not happen by accident. Oh, please. And he was joined at Tuesday's event by some, quote, doctors, including Tim Boyette, one of his advisors. He's a radiologist who shunned the vaccine, but said he's been helped by divine intervention or something. Mandates and policies based upon federal health officials' recommendations over the past few years have left many feeling powerless, angry, 
and confused. So however, these challenging, seemingly upside down years have brought many of us, including myself, closer in our faith with our Heavenly Father. And I wanna encourage you, I wanna, in recognition of that, encourage you to reach out and call out to Jesus and seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus? He really said, try Jesus first? Wow, you just can't make this stuff up. And as for the Florida (coughs) Surgeon General, he was recently criticized by medical school colleagues at the University of Florida for what they concluded was flawed research, which resulted in the state health department issuing guidance discouraging COVID-19 vaccines for men under 40. The governor's office has dismissed the criticism. Latipo, the Surgeon General, said of the mask recommendations that came from state and federal governments and the CDC, quote, there's a lot of lunacy out there. (laughs) Hey, Doc, look in the mirror. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is listener supported and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com and please click on that donate button.